Hello, my name is Sarah Rosa Davies, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Today, we've got another episode of How It's Reported, and this time we're talking about the elephant in the room, or, well, rooms, COVID-19. I'm joined by Associate News Editor Gina Scalpone and Emerald News Reporter C. Francis O'Leary to talk about reporting during a pandemic as student journalists. So, Gina, I think this first question is for you as an editor. How has the Emerald's news desk been approaching reporting on COVID-19 in the last few weeks? That's a really good question. Um, The main things that we've been doing are trying to figure out what students need, pretty much. Um, The world looks very different than it did a month ago or two months ago, and uh, most of the students that go to the University of Oregon are now at home. Uh, which means all over the Oregon and California and the rest of the country and even world. So what, what students need to know about now are, is very different and we're just trying to figure out by talking to them and by working with our reporters what they need and trying to figure out how to report that from home, which is very different from what we're used to doing. I was going to ask, yeah, what's been challenging about kind of this this shifted focus? How have you guys been working with the challenges of like shifting that focus? Uh, it's been really tough, um, but we've been having like we've been communicating as a desk um, differently. In my case, more uh, just because you can't like run into someone in the office anymore. You have to be pretty much constantly in contact via Slack or, um, you know, Zoom or whatever. But I mean, we've been really, I think, trying to like every single day, the uh, Lane County Public Health is doing a a um, press conference. So we were always trying to be there for that. And like, I don't know, we, we, we just really have to have a kind of constant presence for everything that's going on. Our, the news, like the breaking news has been extraordinary compared to our usual Um In my case, our sort of like longer stories have kind of slowed down. My longer stories have slowed down somewhat, but that's because every day things are changing. So you might start a story on Monday and by Wednesday, it's like, well, that's not a story anymore because so much more has happened. I think it might help to give a sense of how the news desk typically works, which is reporters pitch a story on Thursday and then they report it out for a week and then it goes out uh, that following week. So it's often two weeks of basically reporting and editing time. And that's just not really an option now for a lot of our stories. Um, So we've really been emphasizing breaking news because we need to know what's going on pretty much immediately. Um, But a lot of our longer feature stories have kind of had to go by the wayside. But we are ramping those up again now. What's the process been like for ramping those up again after kind of taking that break? Well, we broke our reporters up into new beats, um, and now they work together on, uh, I want to say four different beats, but don't quote me on that, although I guess I'm being recorded. (laughs) Um, But we're focusing on almost all of our coverage on COVID-19 now because that is what's happening in the world. Um, So... They're working together to come up with these uh, longer stories that have to happen on a shorter time frame now. 
uh, a story that might take two or three weeks to report, we're now trying to do in a week, and so that means more reporters are on it. Francis, what is it like, you know, having some, like your stories change so fast as a reporter? Um, you know, you were talking about how you, you know, might start a story and then suddenly the details have changed and now that story is different or it's like not a story anymore or, you know, the angle has to shift. How do you manage that as a reporter? Yeah, it's been really stressful, um, to be quite honest, but I think that a lot of like how I manage it is, I mean, a lot of it is the editors. I have to give a lot of credit to the editors because if you report something and then it doesn't go up for two or three days or, you know, whatever happens, then they're the ones who are checking back and making sure that all the facts are still correct. Like, um, I mean, I just I have a lot of respect for for our editors right now for doing that kind of thing. But other than that, it's like knowing what can change. So I did a story a couple weeks ago about um, unemployment in Oregon. And I was you know, we had the most up to date information at the time. But I asked, when is the next information coming out so that I could check back and, you know, just incorporating those sort of things into your your reporting routine when you're talking to sources has been pretty helpful. So you have to be really proactive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I think that as a reporter, it, it really helps to be proactive all of the time. But there are new, there's a new stress on it right now because mm-hmm. things are moving so quickly. Um, I guess this question is for both of you, but mainly I want to see it from the reporter side. I mean, with school and everything, what does, and like reporting on all this, what does the day-to-day look like for you? Um, well, our news newsroom splits it up so that everyone has a different breaking shift for a couple hours um like usually two two hour chunks per week so if someone finds out about a story they can post it in the slack and then someone will be focusing on it right then so it's it's really convenient for us that we have something that is um we we have like a built-in practice to deal with breaking news but then between my classes most of my um, my classes are asynchronous, so generally I just try and I, I just try to dev- like devote as much time as is healthy to reporting per day because it's extremely stressful to know all of the stuff that that we know. Like as I don't know, it's it's nice to be informed, but at the same time there there comes a point where it's just like okay, I can't think anymore today, and uh, you know you just have to be aware of that and and try and deal with it because it's tough. You know, and we're yeah. it's it's super important for us as reporters to be informed because we want to make sure that we give all the necessary context and everything for our readers. But at the same time, just like they burn out on reading the news, we we get more information even still. So yeah, it's been tough, but I've been trying to deal with it. Yeah how how does that work for you as an editor, Gina? Um, when a reporter has a story, like a breaking story whoever is available will edit it. Um, So we've definitely seen our workload throughout the week increase um, because we still have pretty much the same amount of breaking news as before, plus the COVID-19 breaking news, which there is a lot every day. Um, So that's definitely been harder. Like Francis, my classes are largely asynchronous, which helps a lot. I can't imagine trying to do this while also sitting in class every day. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty taxing. Um, we also are pretty tapped into like 
journalistic Twitter and things like that. And every day mm-hmm. we're seeing new uh, new layoffs or furloughs for journalists, which is really hard to watch yeah. while we're doing this job. Yeah. I guess your answers to these last couple of questions bring me to um, my next question was, how do you manage like the constant news coming in both as a reporter, as a consumer of news and as a person while dealing with like school and mental health and trying not to burn yourself out and also preparing for graduation, not knowing whether or not jobs are going to be there? Like what's been helpful for you in terms of that, if anything? I wish I had a good answer for that. Um, I don't. It's it's yeah. hard. And sometimes I just decide I'm done for the day. And I, mm-hmm. I, I will say that. And then I will continue to read the news. I just will <laughs> uh, be up, upset about it instead of thinking about it as a journalist. Um, but there, there are no easy answers. This is a really scary and uncertain yeah. time. And I think you just have to kind of find what works for you for me that's watching tv and reading and not paying attention to the news for a few minutes yeah what about you francis yeah i've been trying i I used to uh commute by bike to the campus which was about 25 minutes each direction so I, i try to still have like that much time outside every day so when i wake up um, I usually just go for about an hour long walk and just like listen to podcasts and stuff. And the, so I get up and I read news for about 30 to 45 minutes and then I go for an hour long walk. So it's not like I'm really clearing my head because <laughs> I'm already thinking about the stuff for the day. But at least I get out into the sunshine and things like that because um, and I'm not actively consuming anything while I'm doing that. Um, because, yeah, like Gina said, it's like really tough and you do need to take a step away for a moment. And And like this isn't you know, breaking new ground. I think that everyone knows that they need to take a second away. But as people who, like, as journalists, we're supposed to be extremely tuned in to the news. So I think that it's um, it's important to actively remind yourself that it's okay to not read every news story because a lot of the times it's just very upsetting and there's nothing you can do about it in the moment. How is reporters... Um... And journalists and, you know, how how are you guys like, you know, we talk about solutions journalism in the J school and we talk about, you know, how like sometimes reading all this sad, bad news is like detrimental for people's mental health and obviously very much is now for everyone. Are there any ways you guys are approaching, you know, COVID-19 stories with a sense of like trying to report on the positive stuff too if it is out there does that make sense i i think so um i understand the question and part of what we've done with these new beats that gina was talking about we have beats like about labor and student life and um like higher ed finance and things like that so we're going to try and rather than do just do this breaking news like you know, uh, I, I wrote a, st- a story a few weeks ago about how we had record levels of unemployment, um, which have gone up still since then. But rather than just report the statistics, I called someone who worked at the Oregon Employment Department and asked sort of like why and tried to sh- like see how mm-hmm. people could make sure that their claims were assessed faster and things like that. So try, trying to offer something valuable to the reader where rather than just sort of commiserating and saying, you know, it is really tough that, that you're unemployed. Here's a story about it. 
say, mm-hmm. it's tough that you're unemployed. Here's a story about it. And then also, these are some ways that you could make sure that your claim is assessed faster so that you're not stuck without any income for an extra couple weeks, you know, um, and just trying to not just say the news, but make sure that it's useful to people and that people can like act once they have the information. Because um, like I was talking about a second ago, it's it's really tough to have this information and then feel powerless about it. So trying to hmm. be active about that. Yeah. It's, what about you, Gina? Um, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And we're trying to look for solutions aspects to all the stories that we're working on. There's not a whole lot of go- good news right now. Um, but we're trying, we're doing things like uh, resource guys. One of our reporters wrote mm-hmm. a story about how to move out of the dorms. If you're, if you're in the dorms and you're trying to go home, what do you do? And we put out a resource guide, um, I think Monday of week one, on like what what do you do if you need mental health help? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, solutions journalism is a really specific and really difficult kind of journalism because it requires as mm-hmm. much rigor as uh, a regular investigative piece. Uh, but we're just looking for sort of solutions, the aspects to other pieces so that we can be helpful while we're reporting the news. What you said about resources was really interesting because I've been thinking a lot about resources journalists have been using in terms of reporting. Like I think about arts journalists now suddenly being forced to, you know, report on like health stuff and people, like you said, changing their beats and, you know, all this stuff. Um, I want to know what resources have you guys used in terms of like reporting on the health side of things like not everyone is a science reporter so what what has been helpful for you guys in terms of like feeling out this new beat that's a really good question it's hard i think that the the thing that i've done that's been most helpful for me is reading other coverage and understanding how other places that have been doing this longer how they report it and what what they say and then cross-referencing that with the CDC's information with the WHO's information and saying okay these are the symptoms we have to be watching out for and then just when in doubt fall back on the language that the health officials are using because they're using it for a reason Hmm. Francis do you have anything to add to that in terms of what's been helpful for you? I, I was going to say what Gina said about mm. reading o- other coverage and just, um, or when you're interviewing someone, like they're the expert, you know, if you don't understand something, if they're using jargon that you're not familiar with, make sure that you get it really clear because then you need to turn that around to something that that other people understand. If you don't understand it, probably other people won't as well. So just um, trying to be as clear as possible because the last thing that we need right now is for misinformation to to get out there, like people making mistakes or for Mm. people to realize that reporters made mistakes and then to stop trusting their information as much because it is so crucial (laughs) right now that people, (laughs) you know, believe the the news that they're reading and and hearing because it's... um, you know, we're watching the press conferences every day. And, and like, even if they're available to the public, not everyone's going to sit down for an hour, but they might read a story that takes five minutes. So it's really important that in those five minutes, they get the the true information. Have you guys been looking to any other student newspapers as examples of, like, reporting on the administration and, like, graduation being postponed and all that stuff? 
I haven't. Uh, yeah. That's the, no. not that it's not yeah. important. It's, it's really just not my idea. beat. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. When I don't know when to find the time, but that's a really good yeah. idea and something we should be doing. Yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, like, especially student reporters, how we approach this because we have the unique aspect of like reporting on a community that has just like essentially stopped in its tracks and has had to shift in a lot of ways. Um, I think about the petition about graduation, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as seniors, what we're losing, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like beyond that, too, like the federal government isn't sending those twelve hundred dollar checks to a lot of students. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, I feel like like college students are kind of getting it <laughs> pretty bad right now. Yeah. Um, but no, that's a, that's a good idea, though. um what's been helpful in terms of reporting on like how the school admin is reacting because i know they're probably really busy and it's probably been really hard to reach them so like what have you guys had to do in order to get you know get sources what's been helpful with that i think gene is probably more equipped to answer this one because (laughs) i've been dealing with um i'm writing about labor right now Mm -hmm. so i'm not dealing with people from this school as much i'm like talking to people that work at grocery stores and things like Mm -hmm. that yeah i mean the they are really busy right now this is way harder for them i think than it is almost for us uh because they've they're getting questions from everybody so the big thing for me and for the reporters who are working with admin specifically it's just take a little bit of extra time give give them your questions a little bit earlier ask ask more specific things and just recognize that they're busier than they've ever been and mm-hmm. things will take a little bit longer it'll be a little bit harder for them to get you your information but if you recognize that they will be as helpful as they can be yeah um what do you think the emerald has done well in terms of reporting on all this stuff i think our breaking news has been extraordinary um so we started a couple weeks ago doing like a weekly rundown essentially where we would we go through and write short synopses of every story that has to do with covid19 that's come out in the past like week so the the latest one came out today. It was written by Artie Tabrizian. And to report that, you have to go through and read every single article that's come out in the past week and then make it kind of bite-sized for people. Um, and I think that hopefully that's a really good resource for people because it's tough to read every article as it comes out. But if you want to be informed, you kind of have to. So we're trying to make something that um, that people can, I don't know, that people will find useful uh, where they don't have to read every article, but they can still know what's going on generally. Mm-hmm. I've also been really impressed with our city coverage. Uh, we tend to focus really on the UO community on campus, but we are very much a part of the Eugene and Lane County community. And this has given us a little bit more of a reason to go out, mm-hmm. not physically, but virtually mm-hmm. and on the phone into the community and talk to businesses and people who are being affected by this who maybe aren't directly connected to the university, but very much affect our lives every day. How do you think the Emerald's future is going to be impacted by the, this reporting and also everything going on? Oh, man. I mean, we have, like, no money. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's a huge, huge part of this. Um, I'm going to plug the the 
fundraiser right now on the website at the bottom of all of our articles you can find a link to donate to the daily emeralds but we get most of our uh, revenue through um through advertisements in the print editions that we publish. And since we're not doing that right now because no one's on the street, we have not very much money. Um, so that's one way we're going to have to deal with. I mean, I know a lot of the editors and, and folks have taken um, pay cuts right now, and I think the pro staff have as well. Um, that's really tough. But on the other hand, we're also learning a lot of skills um, vis-a-vis coping with a crisis. So. Mm-hmm. The, the Emerald is going to have some more institutional knowledge when this is over. And on top of that, each reporter and editor and everyone associated with the Emerald is going to come out of this just more equipped to deal with a changing environment in the future. Yeah, we're pretty lucky isn't the right word, but I can't think of a better one right now that our desk is pretty young. Uh, the news desk in particular, most of our reporters are uh, freshmen sophomores or juniors so they'll be coming back next year hopefully um and that means that they're going to be able to carry on what they learn right now and implement it so uh this breaking news like boot camp that they're essentially taking right now uh they'll be able to bring that back next year and really beef up what we were already doing which Hmm. is great but also we are really broke and that's really yeah. scary. Uh, it's because we know that we won't be printing, maybe not at all this this term, and that really is where most of our revenue comes from. So to know yeah. ahead of time that we won't be having any of this money come in is scary. It's really scary. Um, <laughs> I hate saying this, but I think that's an interesting note to end on. But before we end, I'd like to ask if there's anything you guys would like to add about just what we've been talking about. Yeah, the second edition of the Emerald Trust Project, a project that we started last term, um, just came out this week. Uh, we're, we're, you know, of course, we've had to adapt some because of the, coronavi- uh, the coronavirus crisis. People want to click the link that's associated with the Emerald Trust Project um, in the podcast feed. They'll just read about how kind of how the emerald is adapting and how we're going to try and go forward because we can't just stop going like we can't stop operating that project just because things are tough right now we can't have transparency and trust be an afterthought they have to be ingrained in everything that we do no matter how tough it is so i don't know i'd appreciate it if people went and read and and told us um what they think of what we're doing and how we can improve on twitter or at my email at trust at dailyemerald.com so eloquently said. <laughs> I'm Sarah Rosa Davies. I'm C. Francis O'Leary. I'm Gina Scalpone. You can find the Emerald's coverage on coronavirus and COVID-19 and its impact on the UL community on our website at dailyemerald.com. News organizations need your support during this time. So if you have the means, there's a fundraiser link on the Emerald's website. Please donate if you can. You can subscribe to Emerald Podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other platforms. Let us know what you'd like to hear about on the next How It's Reported by connecting with the Emerald Podcast Network on Twitter at ODE Podcast or emailing us at podcast at dailyemerald.com. Stay healthy and thanks for listening.